0: This economic report is sponsored by Rick Kelb, Wealth Management Advisor with Northwestern Mutual since 1983 on Spring Street, Nevada City at rickkelb.com. Well, I'm speaking with KVMR's financial guy, Gary Zimmerman. And Gary, there's a lot of news about the economy this week, and some of it seems pretty scary. Let's start with the big picture, the latest data on GDP or gross domestic product. What were the latest numbers? Uh, What are they telling us about the performance of the overall economy?
1: Hi, Paul. It's good to be here on KVMR. The latest numbers for real, and that means inflation-adjusted gross domestic product or GDP that were released last week showed the economy growing fast at about a 6.7 percent annual rate during the three months from April to June. Um, so that's you know that 6.7 percent after subtracting out inflation is is more than three times faster than the normal growth rate for the economy, which is you know by most estimates probably just under two percent at an annual rate you know of course the reason for that such rapid growth right now is that the economy is still rebounding from the short but very deep pandemic recession in 2020 and it's you know it's important to know that it still has a way to go a ways to go to fully recover
0: um, Gary what about California how about our state and how's its economy doing compared to the nation and other states faster about the same or slower Well, the state GDP
1: numbers were also just released last week and shows that California was growing uh, during that second quarter at 8.1 percent in an annual rate. So that made California one of the fastest expanding states in the nation. Um, You know, and some of the highlights both for the nation at the state level were, you know, areas showing strength were accommodation and food services uh, as the economy comes back from COVID, um, information. Technology and professional, scientific, and technical services also were strong. Um, the weak area for <laughs> across the, all 50 states was retail trade, uh, which, of course, is you know, COVID-related.
0: Gary, did the economy continue to grow as rapidly in what's not been completed, the third quarter that just ended in September, or did the recent rapid spread of the Delta variant of COVID-19 slow down the economy? Most of the recent forecasts I've
1: seen suggest the annual growth rate for the economy slowed noticeably in the three months from July to September as a result of the resurgence in COVID cases. Uh, COVID affected many businesses, consumer spending, slowed retail sales, worsened things like supply chain delays and shortages. So the recent forecasts for the third quarter, um, you know, are much lower there in the Three, maybe four percent range compared to you know a couple months ago they were looking for you know five percent growth in this in the third quarter. Um, you know, there's still so it looks like the third quarter will still be a little faster than the average growth rate but far below the 6.7 percent growth rate in the second quarter. Uh, we'll, we'll know more on October 28th when the published data for the first estimates of GDP are published for this third quarter.
0: Gary, uh, let's change the subject from the economy to the Fed. The Fed also has been in the news with speculation on whether current Fed Chair Jay Powell will be reappointed when his term ends. I guess it's in February. Um, what do you know about that? <laughs> well,
1: I, I'm of the opinion that uh, Fed Chairman Powell has been doing a, a good job at the Fed during a very difficult and challenging time period. Uh, uh, but you know, reappointment as Fed Chair for another four years is a decision for the president. Um, typically, presidents have reappointed the chair, even if the chair were originally appointed by a president of the other party. Now, the exception to that practice would be that four years ago, Fed Chair Janet Yellen was not reappointed. Um, of course, she's now serving in another tough job as U.S. Treasury sec- Secretary. Um, what do I expect? I, I think it's likely that Powell will be reappointed by President Biden.
0: Well, Gary, um, here's another direction here. Um, what are some of the things that could go wrong if the national debt ceiling isn't raised and the U.S. Treasury has to start defaulting on their national debts? I mean, I guess you could you could um, compare that to what would happen to me if I quit paying my bills, right? <laughs> That's
1: kind of it. Yeah, I, would, I would say in both cases, nothing good will happen. Uh, this is a dangerous situation. Um, I think, as Janet Yellen was trying to point out uh, recent last week, uh, this is a, a necessary and potentially catastrophic disaster um, you know, with ramifications that you know, failure to raise the debt ceiling would lead to you know, global financial and economic disaster. So, you know, for starters the default on the debt is, you know, bad for everyone. If you, me or or a national government with twenty eight trillion dollars in total debt. You know, about twenty three trillion of that debt is held by the US public, by financial institutions, by foreign investors and governments, and they all want to be repaid when their you know bonds or treasury bills come due uh mature. You know, so for perspective, I think the first the level of U.S. national debt is not out of line with other nations and, and with the size of the U.S. economy, about $22 trillion a year. Um, you know, this is a political crisis. U.S. Treasury debt is, you know, was considered risk free uh, before this, you know speculation about a default uh, on the national debt became, you know, headline news. You know, the Treasury could borrow at the lowest interest rates in the market. Um, You know, and in in past financial crises, investors moved their money to safe U.S. Treasury debt uh, because the U.S. had never defaulted. So if the U.S. defaults, you know, money moves offshore out of the U.S. financial system and the economy, and that's just, you know, bad news. Very bad news. Okay, Gary, so what happens after a default what happens after default now can i say this on the radio i think all hell breaks loose um we have a huge increase in the cost of borrowing for the u.s treasury uh, that could go on for years uh we're already seeing interest rates rise for you know as risks increase and that that's going to be shared by everyone there's lots of rates that are priced off of those treasury uh, debt, uh, debts debts um, and you know the question is whether you know the congress has already spent the money and now it, And after a default, the U.S. may not even be able to borrow. Um, You know, U.S. Treasury debt, because it was risk-free, was used as collateral for loans and debt instruments and financial instruments around the world. Um, So, you know, if if there's a, a... debt ceiling default, um, that disrupts and maybe freezes some global financial markets. That's a disaster. Uh, trillions of dollars of U.S. Treasury debt is held by banks, mutual funds, insurance companies, pension, pension funds, and individual investors in 401ks, IRAs, mutual fund holdings, and so forth. And they all lose with default. Um, a default, the potential that they could lose with a the default. There's 4 or $5 trillion dollars are owed to foreign governments and investors, and of course, they lose with a default. And they will dump U.S. assets, you know, not just Treasury debt. Um, You know, U.S. and global stock markets and financial markets will take huge losses. The dollar has been the international reserve currency for decades. um, That's a major advantage for the U.S. and the world will dump dollars and look somewhere else for reserve currencies. Um, so the value of the U.S. dollar in foreign exchange will fall, making imports more expensive. Um, I think Treasury Secretary Yellen noted that, you know, up to 50 million Social Security recipients could, you know, have late or delayed payments. Um, that's going to be, a, you know, a hit to spending. So that, you know, that that's a, a pretty long list already, and I'm probably missing more shocks to the U.S. and global financial system that will hurt all economies so Paul, this is just a huge risk, and I agree completely with Janet Yellen. This is an avoidable risk to the financial system and the economy and needs to be resolved
0: soon. Well, Gary, I think your uh, term, all hell breaks loose, is very appropriate in this situation. (laughs) Thank you, Paul. Okay, Gary. Well, okay, thanks. And I'll talk to you in a couple of weeks, and we'll see what's going on.
1: God, I'll hold my breath. (laughs) Okay, take care.
0: Thank you, Gary. Okay. Okay, bye. Gary Zimmerman is a retired senior economist for the San Francisco Reserve in San Francisco and currently is a visiting professor at the Vienna University of Economics and Business in Austria, where he teaches courses in economics and finance.